This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hegestilianos. As a teaching pastor for almost 30 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. On past broadcasts, and especially on the powerfully popular 10-part series on More Than Conquerors Radio this past February, entitled Attributes of the Heavenly Father, the Bible has a great deal to say about serving a forgiving Father. We've learned from our past studies that the attribute of perfect forgiveness is a heavenly one reserved solely for the King of Kings alone. In this exciting two-day message, we are reminded that only God has the power to truly forgive. Man does not have the authority to forgive others of their sins, nor can they do anything that will justify forgiveness of their own sins. And especially revealing are the truths surrounding the deeply rooted reasons why Christians, even after being forgiven, find it so difficult to forgive themselves. Now, here's Pastor Ray with his life-changing message on breaking the bondages of unforgiveness. So the fact of the matter is that even though we purpose to do what's right and we purpose to not sin, along the way, sometimes stuff is going to happen. Thank God that God has given us a great escape clause in his word. So he says, verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness or from that sense of unrighteousness in our life. Because I don't know about you, when, when I, you know, if, if I make a mistake in my life, now I don't have, um, you know, I don't have gross sin in my life, but sometimes I may, you know, um, say something to somebody and, it, you know, it would be harsh or it would be judgmental or critical or I might criticize somebody or do something like this. I feel terrible on the inside. Or be sharp with somebody. I feel terrible on the inside. I feel like, dear, I, dear God, I, I shouldn't behave like that. That's kind of, that's sinful behavior. I'm better than that. I'm bigger than that. And, and you have this sense of being like, you know, like you've just offended the heart of God. But when you come to the Lord in honesty and you offer up a true heart of repentance to God, say, Lord, I understand the mistake I made. I understand I shouldn't have said that or I shouldn't have did that or I shouldn't have acted that way. I shouldn't have thought those thoughts. When you come to God with a heart of conviction and a heart of honesty and you repent of those sins and those mistakes, God's forgiveness comes to you instantly and what ought to follow is the sense of righteousness restored to your life. You shouldn't feel guilty anymore or ashamed anymore. Once you have repented from the depths of your heart. You should learn from that mistake and from that place in your life and you ought to grow beyond it to a better place. Because to live in that guilt and to live in that shame is to hold you bondage, in bondage, and to hold you captive and a prisoner of your mistakes. The key is that you've learned from that mistake. You understand how harmful it is to yourself and to others and that you have grown beyond it You'll never forget it, but
but you're not going to live in guilt and shame over it anymore because you know and you've experienced the love and the forgiveness of a loving father. You know, when, when you make mistakes in life and you realize and you confess those things, it's amazing how many people live in sin, simple behavior and will never confess and never repent. But when you do, when you come to that place and you understand how sinful it is and how hurtful it is to God, to yourself and to others, and you repent of that and you seek, truly seek God's help, that is the greatest act of humility in a human being's life. And when you humble yourself according to the word of God, he lifts you up. When you humble yourself, he exalts you. And that's why it's so important for us to live so sensitive to our convictions of our heart. Because if I've offended, if I've sinned against somebody, if I've, I want to I make sure that I make that right with God and with those around me as well. Come on, are you on the same page? So the good news is that if we do make a mistake, if we confess that sin and we mean it from the depths of our heart, he is faithful. He is faithful. God will never be unfaithful to his children. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all righteous unrighteousness or the sense of unrighteousness in our life. God restores you back to himself. And uh, we as believers, you know, if we know, if we have a friend, a relative, a brother or sister who has maybe made a mistake in their life, our job is not to judge them. Our job is to try to get them back and to encourage them to keep on going. Let's restore them back into the things of God, but not, not reject them and leave them. Because that's what, see, what Jesus did to us. We made mistakes, but he forgave us. And the more, the more you live understanding and recognizing how forgiven you are, the more easily you will be able to share that forgiveness with others. But if you think you're perfect and you think everybody else should be perfect, then you're going to be judgmental, condemning, and critical of people instead of merciful and just, just like God is towards you. So we want to live, you know, we want to receive this forgiveness for ourselves and be aware of the things in our life. So let's keep on going. And he says in verse 10, if we say that we have not sinned, again, remember, when we sin, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Again, you see, we desensitize ourselves. Just like you get a cut on your finger, you, you, you cut your finger. If you keep hitting it, it'll hurt for a while until it, it becomes desensitized, a scab a callus forms over it and it doesn't hurt anymore because you just kept ignoring it and you kept bruising it over and over. And that's how it is with sin in our life. See, that's why the minute we, we sin or the minute we make a mistake is the minute we ought to confess that, feel that heart, heartful sorrow and confess it and offer it up to the Lord and get free and receive that forgiveness in our life and ask God's help and God's strength as we progress on into the next phase of our life. Am I speaking to anybody here? So chapter 2 and verse 1. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. Again, the goal is to not sin. And if anyone does sin, if anyone sins, remember this, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. An advocate. Let me give you a definition of the word advocate. Advocate means one who is called to stand by the side of another to help 
and to defend. God doesn't reject you for your mistakes. He wants to stand by your side to help you and to aid you in getting beyond your mistakes so that you can grow and abound and be all that he has called you to be. The gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. But the believer needs to be aware of the mistakes in their life and needs to confess those things and receive that forgiveness into. And once you have received that forgiveness, do not hold yourself guilty to that offense. Again, learn from it. Recognize how harmful and hurtful it can be to your life and move on. So he says, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. Now, verse 2, he says, and he himself, you ready? Here's a big word. He is the propitiation for our sins. I like this. This is a big word, propitiation. What does the propitiation for our sins mean? It means he is the sacrifice, the covering, the satisfaction, the payment, and the appeasement for our sins. Glory to God. Jesus paid the price for your sins and my sins and our sins. We couldn't pay the price ourselves. Jesus did it by the sacrifice that he gave at Calvary by giving his body and shedding his blood. Come on, somebody, give me. He himself is the propitiation, the sacrifice covering, the satisfaction. So that means that when I sin, I don't run from God. I need to run to God because he is my covering. He paid the price for my sins. And it is from him that I will receive forgiveness and grace and mercy every time. Give the Lord a hand clap, a shout, and an amen. I love it. What an awesome God we serve. You see, in other religions, you know, people sin and they are condemned. As much as they repent, they are condemned. They're stoned. They're cast out. They're whatever. Thank God that we serve the true God, the only God, who says, no, I understand human frailty and I understand the weaknesses of mankind. So because I understand and I love you so much, I will send Jesus who will pay the price for your mistakes. And it, you don't, don't purpose to sin, but if you do, by chance somehow, you opened up the door for it and you engaged in it, look to my son Jesus because he is your advocate. He is your help. He is the atonement. He is the appeasement. He is the forgiveness of your sin. Look to him and receive that mercy and that grace. And you see, when you understand that relationship with God, you don't hold yourself hostage to your sins. You learn from them. You're humbled by it, but you don't live in guilt and shame anymore because you realize how forgiven you are by God himself when you truly mean it from your heart. So let's look at a couple of other verses. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 17 and 18 let me read these verses to you. Therefore, in all things, he, meaning Jesus, had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God. Once again, here comes this big word, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Wow, he had to be made like his brethren. Do you realize that Jesus had to be made exactly like you and I? Now look, he was all God when he was in this earth. 
but he also was all man when he walked in this earth. He had to experience everything just like you and I experienced it. You see, everything was lost through the man Adam. Now everything must be gained back now through Jesus Christ. And, and, and so he had to be made just like you and me to experience the same kinds of things that you and I experienced. So he said he had to be made like his brethren that he might be merciful and a faithful high priest in things pertaining to God. He had to go through the same kinds of things that you and I go through in order to be merciful, in order to be a faithful high priest representing God and representing us to God. So Jesus, when he walked the earth, he went through all the same kinds of things that you and I go through. See, I know some of you have this idea that he sort of floated through life and his feet never hit the ground. And, you know, you, you understand that he was God, but you don't maybe fully understand that he was also all man. He had the same emotions and the same feelings and the same temptations and all the same trials and all the same, you know, things that you and I go through. Jesus went through them. The difference is that not one time did he ever sin or give in to those temptations. And we'll see a verse in just a minute we're going to look at. Not one time did he give in. What he did is he had victory over all of that. And because he has the victory, now you and I can appreciate and experience and have the same kind of victory. Can I get an amen? So he had to be made like his brethren that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. So you see, when we mess up, we shouldn't run from God. We ought to run to Jesus because he already knows what it is as a human to go through those temptations and to be tempted the same way that you and I are tempted. So why would we ever run from God? We ought to run to God because he already knows what you're going through. He already knows what it feels like. He, he already knows, and he wants to help you to overcome that. Come on, are you with me? All right, so let's, let's go on. I'm going to open to this. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4. And um, in verse, we'll start at verse um, 14. And in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, seeing then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, our confession of faith. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. In other words, he was tempted. The temptation came just like you. How many of you were tempted this week? Let's see how many truthful people we have here. Liars, we'll pray for you later. The deceived will pray for you. We'll get you before you get out the door, I promise. He says... We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize. He's not criticizing us. He's sympathizing with us because he, he knows and understands the weaknesses that humans have and the things we go through. And that doesn't give us a license to please our flesh and to be sinful and to do that. It just, it just reminds us of that Jesus went through it and he didn't sin. And we can look to him for help and mercy and grace in the time of need. 
So we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Then he goes on to say, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in the time. In other words, you don't run from God pretending we didn't sin. If we messed up, what, what should we do? We ought to fess up, run to God and find mercy and grace in the time of need. And as we go to God and receive the forgiveness from God in our lives, we're going to be better positioned to understand and sympathize with those around us who may have offended us or have committed some sort of sin. And we're going to have the same kind of mercy and compassion and share the grace and the forgiveness. Because the goal here is not to condemn ourselves or people. The goal is to learn from our mistakes and purpose to not make them again and to move on with our life and be all that God has called us to be and created us to be and to do all that God would have us to do to his glory. Come on, somebody in this house. So I'll give you a couple other verses and then we'll be done. Daniel 9.9 says, For the Lord our God or to the Lord our God, belong mercy and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against him. So we see in the heavenly father that he is a forgiving father. The Lord, to our Lord God, belong mercy and forgiveness. Now, now let me just give you this, I like this. In Isaiah chapter 38, verse 17, Hezekiah um, has just been given 15 more years by God to live And this is what he says in response. He says, indeed, it was for my own peace that I had great bitterness. But you have lovingly delivered my soul from the pit of corruption. Now listen, for you have cast all my sins behind your back. What do you do when you cast something behind your back? It means that you're moving forward and you're putting it behind you. You don't want to look at it. Casting all my sins behind your back. Now, let me couple this with a beautiful verse out of Micah. Micah 7, 18, 19 said, Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over the transgressions of the remnant of his heritage? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy. God delights in mercy. I said, God delights in mercy. Let me say, some of you need to hear it. God delights in mercy. Let me say it again. God delights in mercy. Now listen, he will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. Now listen, you will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. So I get this picture of God. You see, I make a mistake, I sin, I am heartily sorry for it, I'm grieved by what my action and what I've done. I go before the Lord, I ask him for forgiveness. God says, I see your heart is grieving, I see that you understand that this was wrong and that you've learned from this mistake and that you're willing to grow beyond this. I absolve you of that sin. He takes it, flips it over his back and it falls into the sea of God's forgetfulness. Never to be brought up again. So if God forgives me to that extent, who am I to hold myself hostage to guilt and unforgiveness? If God's tossed it behind his back and it's fallen into the sea of his forgetfulness, who am I to go fishing for it? 
I'm, I'm telling the truth. Who am I to go fishing for? What I need to do is to pick myself up, dust myself off, make right what I have to make right, and go on with my life and never do it again. Remember what Jesus said to the woman that was about to be stoned when they dropped all those that were going to stone her, they dropped all the stones. And he said, who is it that condemns you? And she says, no one. He said, well, neither do I. Now go and sin no more. In other words, go and learn from this lesson, learn from this mistake and don't do it again. Keep on going. Be repulsed by it. I said, be repulsed by it and say, I'm not going back in this mess again. I'm moving beyond this thing with God's help and God's strength. Run to Jesus because he's the one. He is the giver of strength. He's the giver of mercy. He's the giver of grace. He will strengthen you and help you in your time. Run to Jesus with all that you've got. Run to the Lord. And then humble yourself and let God lift you up and restore you. Come on, somebody in this house. This is the beauty. So, so he casts them over his back into the sea of his forgetfulness. Isaiah 43, 25. I, even I am he who blots out your transgressions, blots out your transgressions, blots out your transgressions for my own sake. And I will not remember your sins. The biggest problem I think that humans have is that we can't get over our own mistakes. And the key is you've got to learn from those mistakes. And you've got to understand how hurtful they are to you and potentially to others around you. And if you learn that lesson, brother, sister, you pick yourself up and you just move on having been increased and better. Now, here, here's another one. Psalm 103, 12. As far as the east is from the west... So far has he removed our transgressions from us. Do you know something interesting? If you keep going west, you keep going west. You're always heading west. If you go east, you keep on heading east. You never really arrive at east or west if you're in, mo in movement. As far as the east, that means that that's how far. It's, 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 you, can't even, you can't even calculate how far God removes those sins from you. Think about it. As far as the east is from it, keep going, man. It's, it's eternal. It's, 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 you cannot calculate. That's how far that God removes those sins from you. Wow. Is anybody getting anything out of this? Or am I just preaching myself happy here today? All right. Jeremiah 31, 34 says, No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. And from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and their sin, I will remember no more. See, God's not holding you hostage to your past mistakes. As long as you've learned from them, as long as you're moving on, as long as you've grown beyond that activity or behavior, as long as you are progressing with his help and his strength, he's not holding it against you. I, so why, why should I hold it against myself? Remember, our subject matter is you... You can't forgive yourself. You have to receive that forgiveness from God. So who am I to hold myself hostage if God has forgiven me? Psalm 86.5, For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. This is the word of the Lord this morning. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap, a shout, and an amen. 
Thanks for listening to More Than Conquerors on WMCA. This is Phil Boyce, Senior VP for Salem Media Group. We love our local ministries, and now more than ever, churches need your support. If you've been blessed by Pastor Ray's message, would you consider donating to their ministry? In exchange for your gift of $10 or more, Pastor Ray will send you a copy of Heaven is a Real Place, a three-CD message you have probably never heard preached before about what God says heaven is really like. To donate, just go to livingwordchurch.org or mail a check to P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. That's P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Pastor Ray invites you to tune in to WMCA Mondays through Fridays at 2 p.m. and 6.30 p.m. for more than conquerors. Or visit livingwordchurch.org on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. for their online streaming service. And now a final message from Pastor Ray. This is Pastor Ray Hegistilianos. It's always a privilege to share the life-saving, life-changing Word of God with you, our listeners. And today, as always, I trust that these messages are impacting your life in a very positive way. Remember that as life's challenges come, we are more than conquerors. This has been More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray Hegistilianos and is provided by Living Word Christian Church, White Plains, New York.